da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. So it feels like forever since I've been able to say this and uh, since we've been able to do this on the show. Kent and Brian back together. Yes, finally. Mad About Movies podcast. Good grief, man. It feels like it's been honestly (laughs) seven or eight months since we've been on a show together. But here we are. It's been crazy. I've missed you greatly. Like, I write about it in my diary. Yeah. Most nights, when yeah. when I can bear to face it, yeah. <laughs> your your Disney diary, yeah, yeah, it's got a little lock on there. And <laughs> speaking of, we, the reason we haven't uh, been on a show together in a while, I understand yeah. you you did a ninety day trek to Disney. And, <laughs> I didn't uh, go to Disney. Yeah. I just went to what? Florida. No, yeah, yeah, you, you I went, know. You went to Florida without Disney. I do not I believe you. It's crazy. As soon as I, like, <laughs> I got within about 200 miles, I started getting emails from Disney like, hey, you see you're in the area. Why don't you just swing on by, little buddy? You know? They have like, a little tracker on you. Yeah. Yeah. That's part of the deal. When yeah. you go more you than get twice. D- you get a little implant. Year, yeah. 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 It's, I mean, you, you're giving away a lot, but it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Yeah. Tomorrowland is starting to make a lot more sense restaurants. now, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so no, honestly, how was your vacation? You were gone. I was working a lot, so that's why Gosh, I was gone, yeah. but you were actually enjoying your life. So that's yeah, always good little times. Bit. It's crazy. August has turned into like the weirdest, very busy month for all of us, for all, all three of us, I feel like, because mm-hmm. Richard usually goes to Montana this, this month. You are always at training camp this month. And, uh, and I've, I've had random vacations, uh, the last few August this time felt like I was just back to back. I missed the one week in New York with my friends, which I talked about ad nauseum for Valerian. And then this last week I was, and, uh, I was, went to Destin with the family and, and one of our, uh, our, our close family friends. That's, uh, my son is, is best buddies with, uh, with one of my friend's sons. So we all went down there and got a beach house and, and chilled for a few days. And it was very nice. It was really nice. Not, not the typical vacation that we take because my wife and I both, uh, don't like, uh, don't like the water. Uh, my wife, <laughs> she gets, she gets sunburned very easily. So she really doesn't even do the beach all that much, but you know, we want the kid to, to learn to appreciate things. Um, even if, if we don't, so took yeah. them and well, we had a good time. A lot of driving. It's a long, that's a long trip with, uh, this is something that you learn that I'm still learning as a parent is that whatever the old Apple maps or Google maps or ways or whatever, whatever it tells you, you just go ahead and av- add on like three hours at least to that time. Yeah. Cause you, you got to stop every 90 minutes for yeah, bathroom breaks and switch out the iPad and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, I let the, the trip there, we split in half. We stopped in lovely Jackson, Mississippi, it's not very lovely. And then <laughs> uh and then went all the way back, you know, went through. The next day on the way back, I had to be back for work and stuff, so we drove all the way. So we left about ten o'clock in the morning and I got home. Did it all in one sitting? Yeah. Got home about twelve o'clock, midnight, around midnight. So wow. it took solid fourteen hours. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Well I'm glad you survived. <laughs> Yeah, Mississippi dude, can be dangerous, dude. So. <laughs> I, my my trillion dollar idea is just a super highway where you can just 
skip over the majority of, of the South. No offense to our listeners in any of those states. It's just not a lot of fun to drive through Alabama and Mississippi and Louisiana, maybe especially Louisiana. I don't know. Louisiana killed me this time around. I was just like, when am it's I tough. ever going to get it's out tough. of the state? So It is, and um, it's good to have you back, but yeah. it just coincides every year with <laughs> our schedules and the show because coincidentally – no movies come out really in August, so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's if we're going to take a vacation, it seems yeah, like this is out. the best set of weeks every single year, and this this seemed to be no exception. Um, yeah, Logan Lucky that we're talking tonight was sort of the biggest new movie to come out uh, this past weekend, and uh, it's still just kind of trotting trotting along here. Mm-hmm. I like trottling. We should make that a word. Trottling. It's a combination of doodling and trotting. So it's <laughs> it takes skill, but it's actually really, really yeah, fun. It's good. Um Yeah, it's just uh the movie that I was kind of the most worried about or that we had talked about the most was Hitman's Bodyguard. Mm. I I don't think that did anything. Um that's certainly the most confused an audience has been in a screening. <laughs> All year for me was when they were showing the trailer to that. Nobody knew how to react to it, and it seems mm-hmm. like audiences didn't either. Yeah, and uh, so that was kind it made of made a little made a little money, but not. I don't think maybe. I mean, it did fine money wise. But we had people. Also, yeah, we had people tweeting us at Mad About Movies, by the way, on Twitter. If you want to give us a follow, uh, it's like, hey, watch out for Hitman's Bodyguard. That's going to be the sleeper hit. Uh, I, I just didn't see it then. Did, don't see it now, and. Uh, here we are. Yeah. So still not totally sure that's a real movie. It seems like <laughs> yeah. a prank to me. I'm not. I'm not convinced. I know it's in theaters, but I. I don't believe. It. Is it? So. Is it just another trailer for Deadpool? <laughs> that's what I thought. Bit? I yeah. really thought. Like when watching the trailer the first five <laughs> times, I was like, "This is a joke, right? This is Deadpool <laughs> too. That they're just trying to viral market or something." Yeah. Man, I I saw a couple of trailers in in uh, Logan Lucky. I don't know if we've talked about on the show, but uh, have you seen this American Assassin trailer with Michael Keaton? Yeah, I have. I've got a thought. Dylan O'Brien. What, what's what's yeah. the thought? Here's my thought. It's not like it's nothing against Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien is totally reasonable in the Maze Runner movies and probably in other things. I can't take him seriously in that role. Mm-hmm. Like it's very similar to Dane DeHaan in Valerian, which you guys really missed out on uh ah, just, i don't think like, so <laughs> it's it's not it's not that he can't act it's not that he can't be good on screen or even that he's not like the right physicality or stuff but he just he looks like a 16 year old and i can't i can't buy him opposite my beloved tim riggins so i think mm-hmm. of that movie if you yeah. just switch if you put tim riggins in that role and then bring in somebody That's else true. to play the riggins role i'm there and it i'll be there regardless because i love keaton i love riggins uh and, and you know it looks pretty solid but i just i i'm gonna have it's gonna be real hard to take him seriously as like this hardened assassin you know mm-hmm. yeah I don't know what to think about it but man we love michael keaton on the show we do he, we he do. hardly leads us astray mm-hmm. and uh what is it with Taylor Kitsch? I mean, did did John Carter really do that yeah. much for him, or the True Detective season two, or something like that? It's like, man, that guy just can't catch a break. And yeah. He seems to be agreed. I mean, if it was him in that lead role, him and Michael Keaton, I'd, I'd probably be a lot more mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. excited about it, but just yeah. not. 
when you uh, when you do John Carter and Battleship in the same year, you're probably going to be in trouble. <laughs> he just hits right. his wagon to the wrong vehicles. It's unfortunate. John Carter's fine. Like that's not yeah. a bad movie yeah. at all, but it flopped so miserably, and so you know. It's it's just tough, but he still has a number one place in my heart. So Who would have that, thought, I'm sure that yeah. matters to him. Who would have thought ever hitching your wagon to Disney <laughs> and HBO would be a bad move? I right? know. You I know. <laughs> it, he, he, there is a little bit of Krasinski to him there. Like, and I understand some doing moves. It just hasn't gone right. Right. I understand doing Battleship because of the the Peter Berg connection with Friday mm-hmm. Night Lights and all that. Yeah. Just being comfortable with right. the situation and yeah. And you, you want to get into the, the game, the board game cinematic universe, yeah. you know, I mean, like that's, it's pretty, if you, you, if that goes well, wow, I mean, right. next thing you know, you're playing like, yeah, if you're Rock, in, in Monopoly and right. Uh, if you're in the shoots and ladders movie, probably going to be <laughs> yeah. a superstar get, for the next, you get to play the candy lollipop King or whatever in yeah. Candyland. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a pretty, <laughs> pretty sweet gig. Exactly. So it's worth um, a shot. So right? American assassin one to kind of, I'm very curious about what they're kind of going for. They're going for the more serious mm-hmm. movie or if it's going to be just, you know, revenge uh, style, John Wick, Atomic Blonde, like we've seen multiple times this year already and in the past couple of years. So I don't really know what to think there. Mm-hmm. So American Assassin piques my interest a little bit. And then American Made. We're just going all American. <laughs> We're going to American Hustle 2, American <laughs> Minions, who knows what else. Uh, <laughs> Um, American Made with Tom Cruise too. Um, I Let's guess there's still it. hope for Tom Cruise to be relevant in our movie going <laughs> experiences, which we can all we all hope yeah. happens. I think, right? We bring for, bring me Tom. all the Tom Cruise movies you want. I'm I'm still here for him. Obviously, America's not, but I, I'm here. I'm still here. <laughs> Scientology is or isn't <laughs> at this point? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But, and um, another trailer I saw for the first time actually in this screening was mother from Darren Aronofsky. Did you see the trailer? You know, I'd seen, there was like a teaser trailer a month or so ago where you, there was nothing on screen. It was just the words. So you just get like the, you know, from Darren Aronofsky and mother and that kind of thing. Uh But it's just audio and just a black screen. And I was like, Nope, I'm out. I'll never want to do another (laughs) Darren Aronofsky movie ever. I just, I don't care. This was a better trailer. It still super freaks me out. I still super don't, want to be involved in the Aronofsky universe personally. Like I get that everybody loves it and he's great and everything. It's just, I just don't like his movies, but this one, it looks interesting at least. It looks different than what he's done. I mean, it looks more, still sadistic and weird. Yeah. yeah. Still weird, but more in the horror genre, I would say Mm -hmm. it looks like a combination of maybe get out and, um, like what's that Shalom, the visit. Yeah. You know, yeah. like a combination Dude. of those two, maybe just kind of with some yeah. Jennifer Lawrence thrown in there, mm-hmm. Javier mm-hmm. Bardem. I'm I'm all in on Jennifer Lawrence, anything. I'm like you said with, um, with before, I mean, anything she does, mm-hmm. I will, I'm in yeah. on, uh, not like Arno- Aronofsky. I'm more tepid on them before. I was super stoked <laughs> about Noah. Yeah. I think Noah is probably better than we all thought at the time. Um, Especially with Exodus coming out that same year, you know, it looks like a masterpiece at this point when it comes to that genre of movies, the biblical epic uh, mm. movies at this point. Man. So when we get to Lot, whew, it's just going to blow people's minds. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The Mary Magdalene biopic. <laughs> oh, it's coming. Starring I think Meryl that's coming Street. next year. No, I really do. It really is coming. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot who is playing Mary. Somebody. I did too. That we like too. I just saw this in like past week, but anyway. 
Um, yeah. Oh, you reminded me, Kinto. I saw. Yeah. I saw Get Out finally. Oh, yeah. Wow. I watched. I watched it on vacation. Uh, Did you watch I, it like on an iPhone or something? <laughs> no. So we uh, we were at like the beach house, and that was our whole bit. Was we were gonna. I've been putting it off since it came out on on uh, DVD and Blu-ray uh-huh. and such because I knew my wife wanted to watch it, and our friends wanted to watch as well. So I've been putting it off. We rented it the last night that we were. At the beach house, and I was super creeped out. It was really scary, like yeah. in, in, in all great, the right ways. It's way, incredible. Yeah. I was blown away by how good it is. But maybe the worst part is, you know, you're in like a we're in like an Airbnb beach house, really nice. Super recommend this place if you're ever in Dustin. I'll, I'll you know, shoot me, a, mm-hmm. shoot me a shout out, and we'll I'll, I'll tell you where we stayed. It was awesome, but. Didn't wasn't really creeped out by this for the first three nights, but the last night after having watched Get Out, we had a tiny door in our room, and I'm super <laughs> freaked out by that now. Like, yeah. just like, oh, I don't want to. So it was, uh, it was something. But I, lo- I loved the movie. It was incredible. Good. I knew you would. I just knew it'd yeah. be hard to convince yeah. you to. to no, go see I knew it I was gonna, and, yeah. yeah, I knew I was going to dig it too. I just, I, you know, that was whatever that week was was the worst week for me. I think work wise, and then I didn't want to waste it on until. Anyway, knowing that I was going to watch it on vacation, I'd saved it till then. But it was it was excellent, top five of the year for sure. Yeah, really good. Still one of the best movies of the year uh, yeah. up to this point. Um, that's cool. Well, I think it's written into our contract <laughs> that every time you and I meet on the show, they have to drop some major mm-hmm. Star Wars news for us to talk about. Yeah, and it's uh, actually so, why Richard's not here today. Yeah, is because he was ready to be on the show, and he's not just, allowed to be on yeah, when we do this. Yeah, can't come on, bro. Sorry. <laughs> um. So, there's a couple things to talk about here. First, I guess let's talk about the less rumbling and more news. And that is that they're going to do a Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. That's pretty much news at this point, yeah. right? Yeah, that's happening, it sounds like. Okay, so spinoff series. I guess it's officially the third spinoff that we've all been kind of waiting to see what it would be. Uh, rumors are they're rebooting... Kenobi, or doing more prequel of Kenobi, or solo mm-hmm. Kenobi of some kind. Yeah. Uh, and, some kind of um, Kenobi origin story, or maybe like mm-hmm. between uh, Sith and A New Hope, uh-huh. maybe? That could okay. be it. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, is the assumption that Ewan McGregor's back as Kenobi, or is that still. I haven't in the air? seen any real confirmation on that, or even legitimate speculation it seems like that's what everybody wants and i would i would agree with that um but i don't know if that's if that's what's definitely gonna happen if it's an origin story i would guess it's it's not kenobi but if it's or it's not uh, mcgregor but if it's a i don't know if it's between episode three and episode four then that really makes a lot of sense or you know somewhere somewhere in between i don't know so we'll Uh we'll see how it goes uh, maybe call uh, Colin McGregor. We'll do it. I don't know. Have we have we approached him or Conor McGregor? Conor McGregor. I was like, Colin, what did I say Colin, Colin Farrell. Sorry, I was like, Colin Farrell's always Colin on my Firth? mind. That'd so. be awesome. He's <laughs> <laughs> just very fancy uh, and polite. Obi Wan Kenobi just yes. tips his hat a lot. Yeah. Oh wow, uh, Conor McGregor would be incredible. <laughs> we can only hope that uh, that would happen. But yeah, uh, man. Like I can't. It's hard for me to be upset about anything Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I, I only want the best. You know, I sure. only want, I only want them to spend their time and money on things that um, are going to live up to the hype and potential and 
what a Star Wars movie should be, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it just strikes me as a bit easy to do that movie. Does that does that yeah, come into your mind that. at all? It just we're already getting the Han Solo movie. Um, so if we get a Kenobi movie is next, are we going to get R two and three PO together? You know, do we have to go back and keep rehashing these characters and these stories? Can't we? spin off Star Wars into something that not only connects to the original trilogy, but that like Rogue One in a way has, you know, maybe explains or goes further into detail about something that was mentioned without, without rehashing things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, get I just think there's so much you can do with this that I don't need another two hours on Kenobi. We've had six movies on Kenobi already. And um, I'm just kind of done with it. I want I want my Star Wars spinoffs to be different and weird ideas, and you know, go into talk about the royal guards or something. You know, like <laughs> so, there's got to be something out there that's that's got a lot more backstory that hasn't been fleshed out at all. You know, and, and that's that's the, yeah. that's what I want to see with these spinoffs. I'm okay with the the Han Solo because. From age 35 till he was a kid, we don't know anything, really, other than mm-hmm. a few lines here and there. And uh, there's an opportunity there. But with this, I just it, it feels a bit lazy to me. What do, you, what do you feel? I totally get what you're saying. I also would counter with I'm very excited at the same time. Like it's, I, I think yeah. it is a pretty easy deal to do. And to be honest, that may be part of the decision-making, not just from a lazy standpoint, but like... Clearly, this Han Solo thing has not gone the way anybody expected it to. Rogue One was very successful, but not... I don't think it gripped the imagination the way they perhaps thought that it would. And so, I don't know. If Han Solo was was clicking along really well, and if Rogue One had made a billion and a half dollars and and or something like that then maybe the next maybe the next thing is like we're going to go into the universe and just kind of explore what's happening outside of all these characters kind of like what Marvel has done to some extent with like Shield what mm-hmm. all these X-Men spin-offs are going to do on TV over the next couple of years like Legion stuff like that like something that's happening within the universe but that isn't perhaps directly related at least to the characters that we already know if not you know the main plot or whatnot so i don't know that that's a possibility but i also at the same time i think i think obi-wan is one of the characters that is is primed for this treatment and whether it's an origin story or to me much more interesting is between episode three and four and maybe certainly for me more interesting than that is is the clone wars i would at some point and that's like my my sort of fantasy with all this is that this will lead to i don't think we're going to get to a place anytime soon where they just completely redo the prequels like i just i feel like that's not in the cards as long as as george lucas is is still around but maybe someday down the line but if you could kind of dance around and and go into the timeline of uh, attack between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. That was an area that was super interesting to me, and it's been covered 
Oh, pretty well by the cartoon uh-huh. series, but to see that brought to life in a live screen, an action movie and all that sort of stuff, that would be awesome. So maybe you do this Obi-Wan movie and that opens the door somewhere down the line for an Obi-Wan and Anakin movie with not Hayden Christensen or, or something like that. But yeah. I'm much more interested in this. I, this to me is a good choice of like, okay, maybe it's not – it's certainly not the most ambitious choice that you can make within Star Wars, but I think it would be hard to really mess this up. So let's try that out. Let's get a good one under our belts and then we'll we'll move on from there. I would much prefer this to like the Boba Fett movie that's perpetually rumored and whatnot. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much unknown about what a Boba Fett movie could be. I just feel like I know what Kenobi is going to be. Sure. And maybe that's why I just want these spinoff movies to be different. And yeah, yeah. Like, the- and like, I want them to hire Matthew Vaughn to do Boba mm-hmm. Fett and have it just be crazy. You know, right. I, I, that's, that's kind of what liberties complete, you can take. Right. To complete my thought there, I, I, that's my deal is if you're going to do a Boba Fett movie, I want Logan. And I don't think they're at yeah. a place at this point where they are going to feel comfortable turning it loose for a Logan type movie or, you know, getting a Matthew Vaughn or something like that. Like, I, I just feel like not necessarily even that the PG-13, like, I don't really necessarily care about that. But, like, I just feel like this world, at this point, the way that they're making these movies lends itself to Obi-Wan, not necessarily to Boba Fett. As if you're going to keep making uh-huh. movies the way they're – so give me two or three of these under your belt, and then maybe you feel like you can take some shots and take a chance with a Boba Fett movie done by, I don't know, the guy who directed Deadpool you know, or something. Just to like see what happens and yeah. get something different out there. I, I agree, totally agree with what you're saying. I just don't think that's going to happen in this current iteration of what Lucasfilm and Disney is. I mean I honestly feel like whenever they announce – that you know Disney had purchased Star Wars, and there are these you know three movies coming out, and then these three spinoff movies. I I could swear that in the within the first day, there were fake posters of a Han Solo mm-hmm, movie, mm-hmm. a Kenobi yeah. movie, and Rogue yeah. One. Like the yeah, stealing totally the was. stealing the plans of the Death Star movie. That that mm-hmm. was all fan service within the first day, mm-hmm. and that's why it's just you would think Disney would come up with you know would have already had a plan rather than it feels like a little bit like fan service too. Maybe that's sure. why. Yeah, I can see that. I'm just sure. kind of like, Muh. I mean, it just feels like it's no, it's normal. But again, these are side movies. The real deal is mm-hmm. the seven, eight, nine, what, what's coming out this December and in two years from now, that's what I'm judging star Wars on mm-hmm. really. You know, that's, yeah. I think they kind of know that too. Sure. And, um, that's just maybe why they're playing it safe more. You know, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. because they don't yeah, want to risk so. the reputation of the other movies. But I mean, I'm all for an R-rated Star Wars movie. I mean, I think the end of Rogue One kind of showed us, you know, that there was a rumor that there was a cut of Rogue One where Vader's just like decapitating people and going nuts, and um, that's kind of that piques my interest a lot. Actually, mm-hmm. if they just went the Suicide Squad route and we're like, we're just going to do a movie of all dark side and just tell the stories of all these crazy bounty hunters like Boba Fett. And what if they did a bounty hunters movie where it's Boba Fett and IG 88 and all of them together in a mm-hmm. squad, like taking over and job of the huts in, involved in it. And yeah, that could be cool, man. Okay. But do you, can you play sympathy for the devil in space? Is that, <laughs> please allow me to introduce <laughs> my, so he's walking down a hallway and like putting on his uniform. <laughs> In the trailer, you could just oh, that, 
man. <laughs> Zack Snyder just start... got super excited listening to this. No, if they add pop music at all to Star Wars, I'm, I, I might be out at that. I, I don't think I could handle that. Unless it's Beastie Boys, then we're okay. <laughs> sabotage? Yes. Yeah, you can add sabotage. That's fine. <laughs> you can add, add sabotage, sabotage to anything. To I'm going to try that in yeah. church this week. Yeah. Maybe that would. Maybe that's what Minions is missing. There's more <laughs> sabotage. <laughs> I can't stand it. Um, okay. So, that's kind of what I kind of feel about it. It's just kind of mm-hmm. just mediocre, and, and that makes me sad, because I want to, everything that they announce, I want to be elated about. Maybe when a trailer drops or something like that, or we get a director announced or script or even if yeah. they confirm you and McGregor or whoever it is, maybe I'll be more, um, more in tune to it. But I loved you and McGregor on Fargo this past season. Mm-hmm. He's a great actor. And I definitely know that George Lucas didn't get all he could have out of him and, <laughs> and Qui-Gon Jinn and, you know, Liam Neeson and yeah. And Samuel L. Jackson for that matter. They were very under, used in the in the prequels so oh gosh maybe yeah. they can it's not not that they were bad casting what why they, they, that didn't work it's just a, a yeah. lot of other things <laughs> he he and natalie portman were the they were both fairly young in their careers to where they felt like they had to listen to their director whereas somebody like liam neeson very plainly just listened to everything that george lucas said and then was just like nope i'm gonna do whatever i want and samuel jackson was kind of the same and so I think McGregor's performance is like yearning to be better. Like he's trying so hard to do the right things, but it's just it's unfortunate that his director um could not direct at that point and didn't know how to coach him to to do or to get him to do what he I, I just think he was very clearly doing what George Lucas was asking him to do and that wasn't so great, you know. Yeah. It's like wow, you you book these stars like wow. Natalie Portman's going to be a huge star. We better get mm-hmm. her. We better mm-hmm. get her without ever having like that. They banked on that, that fact. And she was a huge star and won Oscars and things like that. But yeah, just didn't, just didn't work. Then I would be down for a Padme movie. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Natalie Portman in the lead role and like her just, yeah, I know. I know the, the fate of her, but I, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff you could have done with that that I would mm-hmm. be more interested in than Kenobi. I just feel like we've done it. That's yeah, the thing. I think really, I think more than anything else, I sort of said this earlier, but your your Padme reference kind of brought it full circle for me. I think if you can do this right, it opens the doors to do stuff that's outside of the main trilogy and the you know the the subsequent trilogy. Like Rogue One is attached to uh, A New Hope, and uh, Han Solo is is pretty much attached to that. If you go all the way back into Kenobi's history, and that goes well, then that could be maybe more than anything else. That could be testing the waters for like. Okay, now now that Darth we've got Maul. some distance, we can start we can start talking about all these things that mm-hmm. happened in the prequels and whether we completely redo those or not, we can maybe if this goes well, then we can say, "Hey, look, I know you don't want this uh Jar Jar Binks standalone movie, but like look what we did with the, you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. that's a ridiculous example, <laughs> but that's you know what I mean? Like you could then at that point, I think say, "Okay, look, guys, we we did pretty well with this. Now, how about give us a little leeway and we're going to we're going to kind of remedy some of these mm, some of the flaws and the 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 sins of the prequels and uh and give you something cuz that world is still really interesting." even if those movies are very bad, you know, maybe with one more of these, um, in the new trilogy, maybe when episode eight comes out, maybe then they can start spinning off the new 
uh, Star Wars trilogy. So maybe we can do a, a First Order movie. And, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, uh, we can start exploring the new universe maybe a little bit more than um, than we are right now. I just there's a lot of potential there with the with Kylo Ren and the First Order and the Knights of mm-hmm. Ren and all that. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that would be really cool. Agree. And again, a Darth Maul movie would could be cool too. That's definitely a character that the fans really loved and embraced and went nowhere. So maybe there's a lot more backstory there that you could um, you could go into. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, there's one more Star Wars thing. We kind of mentioned it earlier. Apparently, the uh, title leaked to Han Solo, and it's just going to be Han Solo colon a Star Wars story. Mm. So, we'll okay. just play it safe again or fine. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. They cut Kenneth Will- Kenneth. Gosh, Michael Kenneth Williams. I can't talk tonight. I apologize. They Michael cut Carter him. Williams? The no. <laughs> former Caesar? He's, he's been cut oh. many times. Omar <laughs> from the from the wire got cut in post production oh. of the Okay. The, uh, or the reshoots or whatever. His character got cut out, which stinks cuz I love that guy, but I would much prefer that you just if it's the character doesn't work anymore then you cut it out rather than Saw Gerrera it like Rogue One, you know, and just stick this character in for no real reason and then try to give him a purpose. So yeah. that's a bummer because that guy's a great actor. So, yeah. So that, that release date is what? May? Yeah. This, Memorial Day, I think. around the corner. Or maybe man. it's, yeah, I know. It's crazy. We're going to get two Star Wars movies in the next like eight months. That's crazy. Still don't have a, another trailer for The Last Jedi and we're three months. That's away fine. from that at this point. Don't don't give me one. I'm done. I don't need yeah. one. I don't need it. Just yeah. just move along. I mean, because I can't stop myself from watching it. So, but I would prefer to not have to put myself through that. Just I don't need to know anything else. We all know we're going to see it. Let's just do it. <laughs> so if, if, if only it was that easy for. The I mean, but I, I know it's it. not. Just yeah. don't, don't put out a trailer. We're good. I I know that's not how it works. But like. <laughs> Seriously, is there any person in the world who's like, mm, I'm out on Star Wars. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that Star Wars movie. And then the last trailer comes out and they're like, oh, okay. Now you got me. Like, no, no, no one, no one saw the last trailer for The Force Awakens and was then convinced. It was, I don't know. When they saw Harrison Ford in the last one, everyone was like, I think that was the second trailer. That was the, that was the, the, not the first trailer. That was the right. second trailer. Second right. trailer. Yeah. We only, We've only had one for The Last Jedi, though. Yeah. So maybe okay. they'll drop two more All between right. now and then. We'll see. <laughs> that's fair. If they... Oh, man. Yeah, that that might make more money than, than The Force Awakens. I don't think it will, but it's it's going to yeah, be a better movie, but I don't yeah, think it's going to have so. the hype. Yeah, that's that's fair. And Rogue One, I think, did take a tiny bit out of the sales. Or I could be wrong. It could just prove that the trilogy films are going to make... Two billion dollars, and the non-trilogy films are going to make one point two billion dollars. You know, okay, yeah, that's still a pretty decent return on your four billion dollar investment total. It's crazy. It's just crazy. I don't think there's been a more hyped movie than Episode Seven that I can remember, and, and it it feels like yeah. it lived up to the hype as far as what what mm-hmm. it was going to mm-hmm. make and everything. I mean, it was like a month straight you couldn't go to a theater mm-hmm. because of that yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't. I just don't see that for The Last Jedi, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I yeah, hope I'm wrong. Totally. Yep. I can okay. We got we to gotta talk the other end of the spectrum, I think. Okay. All right. What you got? Are you ready? Are you, are you sitting down? I am <laughs> sitting down, luckily. So, because some news broke 
this evening while you were in a movie. So uh-huh. we, we're going to have to double down on our DC news here. Triple down, really. And I, I don't want to – I'm just going to run through it, and then we can we can just yell at each other for an hour or something. I don't, I don't know because this is, this is the worst. So in the last 24 hours, we have learned that there is going to be a an origin story for the Joker – <laughs> written by by Todd Phillips of The Hangover. Oh god. But but it will not star Jared Leto and it will be oh. sort of a standalone, okay? So there's and Martin Scorsese is producing it apparently. So that's a whole big bag of stuff, but I'm I'm going to move on before well, let's just discuss it all at one time because today we found out that our dear friend Jesse Eisenberg has been cut from Justice League altogether. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's he's no longer Lex yeah. Luthor, not a part of not a part of the Justice League. No word yet on the piss jar. Uh, yeah. so we'll keep a good you, you mean that that character's not a character worth exploring? I could not <laughs> couldn't have told you that. I mean, who would have thought after uh, what Gosh. BVS, Beavis. Um oh, I man. man, I caught Beavis on Oh no. On uh Man, I think it was one of those situations where I, you fall asleep on the couch, you wake up at four in the morning and don't know where you are. <laughs> and then once you realize where you are, you're just trying to get back to sleep. So yeah. I woke up, had fallen asleep watching, you know, last week tonight or Game of Thrones or something. Wake up and it's on HBO at four in the morning. And I'm delirious Gosh. as I get to, <laughs> to my bed to go to sleep and it's still on. And Man, being delirious at four in the morning did not make that movie any better. (laughs) I thought it would. It made it exponentially. I was just like, "Wow, I'm I'm a half in a dream right now." But this is this is bad. This is not good. Um, I've got that's that's incredible. I've got one more piece of news to add to this, Kent, and then I just I just want to hear your reactions. I got one other thought before. Okay, uh, right when you get done. So go ahead. Because in addition to this standalone Joker origin movie that no one wants and Jesse Eisenberg getting cut from Justice League. We're this just dropped. We're also getting they now are are planning another a Joker Harley Quinn <laughs> romance sort oh, of starring Leto. Yep, starring Leto and Robbie and directed by the guys who do This Is Us and Crazy <laughs> Stupid Love. Uh Whose names I'm not going to be able to to get to, but uh, yeah, so, that makes so, sense. But this one will be part of the story. Like this is not a standalone. This is part this of is the canon. Okay, yeah, this is canon. So <laughs> I I don't know, man. I just well, aren't they doing another Harley Quinn? What's it called? Um, Sirens, Sirens of, Gotham? of Gotham. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Can't wait for that. Uh-huh. Sounds awesome. <laughs> question though about I, the uh, uh-huh. question about the Joker standalone. Okay. Are we allowed to play Sympathy for the Devil whenever a Joker <laughs> walks out for them? <laughs> Please allow me to introduce myself. Oh, my gosh. I just... Oh, He's in his man. purple suit. He's, it's... like, putting on his makeup. Please allow me to introduce <laughs> uh, <laughs> Richard's joke was about how the, the origin story would just be uh, about his days as the assistant manager of a Hot Topic. Or Spencer's, yeah. perhaps, because it is the 80s. Spencer's but, uh, gift, Maybe right. a Gadzooks. A Gad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just wearing his trench coat and chains, chain, chain wallet. <laughs> 
Somebody makes that's what turns him into the Joker. Somebody makes fun of his chain wallet, and he goes completely berserk. Oh, I can't wait. Um, so I guess the conversation needs to be had here. Um, who should be the Joker? I I don't even care. Like I just it's doesn't even matter. I mean, you can't no. really guess who's going to be a good Joker. Nobody no. would have thought Ledger would be good. So yeah, that's true. That's true. No, it's it's I if. You, <laughs> If if this news came out pre BVS and Man of Steel and what we think Justice League is is going to be in Suicide Squad, gosh, Suicide Squad. If it was before all that, then I'd be like, I mean, I'm not clamoring for that, but I get it. It makes some sense. But when you add it in, <laughs> when you add it into just the the hot mess that is the DC Warner Brothers whole thing, like everything that's happening at this studio. It's just a disaster, and then they find so th- this origin thing kind of got a le- like a little bit of of positive buzz yesterday, so it had that going for it, and then they just dumped all over it with this. Oh, but also we're doing Jared Leto and and Margot Robbie too. Like we're just going to keep the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. I I just what I I don't understand what's happening. You see this sometimes in sports where like I'm I'm very confident that if you if you put me in charge of an NBA franchise as like the GM or something, Richard and I talk about this all the time. If you put us as co-GM of some NBA franchise, we would be no worse than like the 25th GM in the league. Like there would always be a few <laughs> that are worse than us because it's just like, how do you guys not get this? How is it? And that's what's happening with this with this whole studio or at least this side of the studio. I just – what are you – are you just pulling ideas out of a hat? Is that what's happening? Because I, yeah. I, I don't understand. In the midst of we can't find a director for Flash, I ser- I think they're on their fifth director right now. Like That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable that you can't get that right. They pulled Cyborg from the release calendar, which is a good move, but it's it still shows that I think the weakness of the studio that you 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 really thought you were going to base a movie on this Cyborg character that no one cares about. And then at the same time, it seems like Affleck and and Warner Brothers are just in like a a staring contest to see who's going to blink first to bail out of this Batman thing. And in the midst of all that, now's the time to announce two different Joker movies. I just – I'm kind of at a loss for words of like where (laughs) to go as far as like how frustrated and and unbelievably stupid this this, uh, whole studio is at this point. I – I agree with you. The question is, what's going to happen if and when Justice League doesn't work? Mm-hmm. What do, yep. do people? Does everyone start freaking out about? Yep. Oh my gosh! What, well, Wonder Woman was good, but I just saw her in this, and that wasn't good. So what's yep. going to happen there? And mm-hmm. my prediction is Justice League will be bad. Yeah. The the Matt Reeves standalone Batman movie will be good with with Affleck. Um, him coming off Planet of the Apes trilogy and actually knowing how to direct and put together something will help, <laughs> believe it or not. And um, Wonder Woman 2 will be good, but everything thereafter and in between is going to suck. That's yeah. just that's kind of how how if you were to put it in the old, you know, analytics, that's I would hedge my bets on that, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, just mm-hmm. on reputation and and foresight and all that. Cyborg, I forgot was even in Justice League oh, until dude, you just I mentioned know. it. It's it's incredible. It's so bad. That <laughs> I looks remember, awful. Oh, yeah, it Gosh. does not look good. The Flash is still. No one knows what's going on there. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Superman is probably never going to get a, a, another standalone movie with Henry Cavill. <sighs> so, wow. It's wow. it's unbelievable, and I think to your point, I think you're you're dead on. You had some positive buzz with Wonder Woman because Wonder Woman's really good, and I think Wonder Woman two will be really good, um, or at least I, that's the only part of this whole universe that I have any faith in, including the Whedon Batgirl movie, and honestly, including oh, yeah, the Matt Reeves that. Batman movie. I just I don't. It would not surprise me at all if that ends up getting scrapped because of this weird like clearly Affleck doesn't want to do this so yeah. just cut your ties at this point and move on but he doesn't want to I don't know whatever's happening there I just I'm afraid that's going to sink that ship even if I had any faith that in that version of Batman but like all these things that you're doing are still being done in a pre-Justice League world when you have to know that Justice League is probably going to be a failure on most fronts. Like I would you be surprised I would be surprised honestly if Justice League came out and was any higher than uh 35% on Rotten Tomatoes, maybe I don't know 40%. If I'd be I can't ever be surprised with Rotten Tomatoes. I'd be surprised if it lived up to expectation. Yeah, I just if don't it made think there's any, any way. if it made more than 100 million dollars opening weekend, I'd be surprised. Um, I think it'll make bank opening weekend and then it will drop off 70%, you know, the second weekend and uh-huh. it will, it will flop overseas. Very similar to like the way BVS was in some ways and, and suicide. Cause remember suicide squad made a ton of money and then it just kind of, it dissipated really fast. So I just, I'm just, the, my, my, my whole deal is I don't know why I expect anything positive from this studio. Cause they don't get it. They clearly don't get it, but just take a breath, guys. Like no one, no one is putting a gun to Warner Brothers' head and saying, "You got to give me a slate of movies right this second for the next right. five years." Wait until Justice League comes out, let its t- dead carcass simmer for a little bit, and then, <laughs> and then say, "You know what? We've learned some things from Justice League. We're gonna figure out how to make this right. We're thinking about doing this. We're gonna try to reboot the- something." Like just. Just do something to where you don't look so stupid, and then in three months you're probably gonna because because there's no way they've thought ahead. Clearly, if they're doing things the what? way that they're doing, there's no way they thought ahead to like what happens if Justice League isn't great, and then that's gonna come out and it flop. If it flops, then in any way with critics or audiences or both, then they'll sit around and then they'll be like, well, crap, what do we do now? It's just. <laughs> It's just going around and around in circles with these people, and I don't yeah. understand how they continue to have the leeway to make these decisions. Honestly, what they probably should have done, and um, it's hard to do that, hard to say that, say this at this point, but when the whole Zack Snyder situation happened where he left the production for family reasons, mm-hmm. um, they probably should have just pushed back Justice yep. League another six mm-hmm. months. Say we're going for May of 2018. That'll be when it comes out. Um, and just kind of ridden the wave of Wonder Woman uh, to the end of the year. And just been mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know what? We got back on the right track this year, guys. Big success. Wonder Woman's the top grossing domestic movie of the year. Uh, you know, biggest female-led movie maybe ever. Um, mm-hmm. we're good. We're good. Uh, we're just going to, we're going to take some time here. You know, Zach stepped away. We're going to, 
we're going to recalibrate and, you know, do Justice League right. We've already shot most of it, but, you know, it's no rush to get it out. Exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. Yep. Instead, if Justice League doesn't work, Mm -hmm. then they've killed all their hype in October. So -hmm. by the end of this year, everyone's going to be soured on Warner Brothers again. 100% 100% DC right. again, even mm-hmm. though Wonder Woman was probably the most successful film of the year. That's mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, not how you want it. Uh, um, but if Justice League is great, what does this do? Right? What does what the news of a Joker movie do? I think, I think you still should have waited till after. Either way. Yeah. Yes. Either way. Yes. What, what would it have What good hurt? does it do to announce yes. it now? Yeah. What would it have hurt to wait? Two months. I mean, we're we're really close to Justice League. Just let it simmer, guys. But they can't do it. It's I, uh, I can't. I actually can't sleep at night unless there is a new Joker <laughs> movie. So I get I get on Twitter to refresh every night. So I'm actually going to sleep better knowing it's good. There is a a standalone Joker coming down the pipe <laughs> with Margot Robbie too. Yeah. yeah okay. Can't wait. Can't wait. Man, this so much to talk about. Uh, I could talk the rest of the show about all that stuff, but uh, that <laughs> that must wait. Okay, well, let's uh, take a drink of water and come back and talk uh, Logan Lucky. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So this is a movie, Brian, that I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I've been anticipating this one uh, for a while now. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one mm-hmm. kind of came out of nowhere in terms of uh, advertising and things like that. It wasn't it wasn't like Baby Drive or anything like that, where it's an independent 
uh, or it's a lower budget movie that um, the studio is really trying to get something out of. Um, but this one kind of surprised me. I saw this movie like literally a year ago mm-hmm. at this time um, here in Dallas at a um, an advanced screening or whatever. They told us we were the first audience to see it. I don't know if I believe that or they, they might tell every audience that, but movie was definitely not done at that point. Um, Adam Driver had his his arm effect wasn't done at all. It wasn't even started. <laughs> he he, you know, in the first screening he had, it was like a green arm, like he had a green sock over his normal arm. Like they hadn't funny. even started that. There was no music in it. Um, none of the titles or, or anything were in there. Um, it was very rough. It was like. They just finished it, and that was the first cut. And they were just kind of trying to see what they had. Um, I feel so. I've been kind of waiting for a year to be able to talk about this. I did sign an NDA that said I wouldn't share my opinion or thoughts on the movie until it until the reviews were um, embargoed and and people actually were allowed to. Turns out people liked this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been I've been anticipating it. I really really um have been anticipating it because this was a really really fun movie and um shocked me back then at how much i enjoyed it and how fun it was for the time because you just rarely go into movies that um that don't really care you know this this wasn't going for oscar bait this was not going for blockbuster this was not going for uh, a franchise, you know, this is just kind of a standalone story based on a true story, telling the story of these few people in this moment in time, in this kind of culture in America. And it does that very well. Uh, I love Steven Soderbergh. I think he's extremely talented. He's tried to retire on us like nine times. I, I don't <laughs> think he should re- quote unquote retire because he's good at what he does. Um, this is like the third or second or third movie he's made since he said he was retiring. Side Effects was his yeah. last movie or whatever. Uh, Magic Mike, no, Magic Mike was going to be his last movie, but then he made Side Effects. So that proved he was unretired, and he's done a lot of other stuff, and he did this. Mm-hmm. And, um, he's the still, Nick. Yeah, he's still very much active. He does TV stuff as well. Um, but I love him, and I love the people involved in this, and um, this shows us sides of actors that we we rarely see or haven't seen before. And um, it's a really fun story. Just kind of, I love these capers, these heist movies, um, especially on a low budget. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's reminded mm-hmm. me of Home Alone or Dennis the Menace in that aspect, where it's just kind of you got what you've got at your house, and that's really all you got. You know, um, I love the homemade aspect of it. But excited to hear what you think about this and um, your thoughts on, kind of general mm-hmm. thoughts on on this movie. Yeah, it's uh it has it's a weird one for me. This one's hard for me to talk. About. I saw it today. Um and I'm it's usually that that bodes well for me. Like I like having just seen the movie when we get on here to talk. Um this one's one that I I, I almost feel like maybe a day or two to kind of process and really think it through. Might have been beneficial to me. I've a Soderbergh's a weird guy to me because he um he always makes good movies. Like he's very, it's quality stuff pretty much every time out. I don't, I don't know that he's ever made. I'm looking through his, like his IMDb and he's, he's all over the place. He's got a, a lot of, uh, he, he's, he 
kind of just does whatever he wants to, you know? He almost doesn't have a style. He kind of just kind of picks and chooses what kind of whatever story interests him at the time and and moves moves along um and and does it he doesn't really have any truly bad movies he also for me doesn't have a lot of movies that i really love outside of the the oceans trilogy oceans 11 is one of my favorite movies of all time and then i think oceans 12 and 13 are obviously inferior to that one but still to me are a, a whole lot of fun. The informant is a blast, you know, some of those, but I don't really like contagion. I don't like side effects. Um, you know, you go back through some of his other stuff and it's, I, with all of it, I recognize, man, this is extremely well done and he's an incredibly talented guy. Traffic's great. Traffic's one of my favorite films from that era. Um, but I, I always, I typically find a lot of what he does kind of cold. And as any listeners of this podcast for very long know that that's that's something that typically kind of turns me off from a movie or a director is just like, eh, it doesn't really have a lot of emotion or heart to it. And that's something that I really appreciate. And so, so he's not my favorite director in spite of how talented and, and, and very good he is. But I do always perk up when he says he's going to do a movie because because he does this bit of like, well, I'm retired or I'm going to just walk away because nothing nothing is interesting me anymore. And then if he comes back, then you're like, well, if he's coming out of retirement, then he must be interested in this. And it's a great, pr- it's a great prank that he pulls on all of us or a trick uh, to kind of get us immediately – remind us of him and be interested in what he's going to do this movie has a lot of parts like on paper this is this should be like my favorite movie of the year because i love a heist especially one that's done in like kind of a fun sort of way i like i said i love love i love oceans 11 outside of star wars I may have re and you know like stuff that my kid watches on a regular basis of like that. I may have rewatched Ocean's Eleven more than any other film. Like I just find it's so so rewatchable to me, and is just an incredible amount of fun. And uh, and that's what I that's what this is supposed to be, right? Like it's supposed to be right. redneck Ocean's Eleven. I mean, they even joke about it. They make kind of a meta joke within the movie, which was which is really strong. So I I love the the idea and the concept. I love a heist. I love this cast. Um, this is this is a strong strong play for me uh, with Channing Tatum and and Adam Driver. Who I I texted somebody during the movie. It was just like it's weird to me that really maybe two or even three years ago adam driver was not in my life and now he is and my life is just so much better because he's so great he's so great and i love what daniel craig is doing here it was so much fun (laughs) to see him do something different it was and just he's always so it's so off the wall uh uh-huh that that no matter how far he goes with it it always works because it's just mm-hmm. so yeah. jarring to see and you just want so much more of it. Like I'm sure that Soderbergh felt that way. He's like, man, he's really going for it, but I'm not going to stop him. Like, just mm-hmm. keep going, Daniel. Just keep yeah. going, keep bringing yeah. it. And he, I did oh. not expect that going into this movie. And so that's, that was the main thing I came out with mm-hmm. was like, that, that was fun. But Daniel Craig, like, I don't know yeah. what this movie would have been without, without mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Bang in it. Yeah. As it were. <laughs> it's great. It's a great name. It's just, I just don't 
I don't think I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen him have fun before. Yeah. Like I really, it's it was just so. In some ways, it could have been off putting, but he he's just so so in on it that it's you know that it was really easy to to get involved with. But playing off of Adam Driver's bit was so great. Like this, the his his uh, tone and his mannerisms and the speaking pattern that he used was was phenomenal. So I loved a lot of the parts. I felt like. Um, I felt like the movie suffered from Soderbergh doing everything himself and not having anybody in the room saying, uh, Hey man, we gotta, we gotta cut down on some of this or we gotta, we gotta tighten this up a little bit. Uh, it, it kind of reminded me of a Judd Apatow movie of just like, yeah, it, not as long obviously. Cause it just, every Apatow movie just feels like it's 14 hours long and you, and you enjoy it, but you're just like, man, this is when is this going to end? Um, but it, it it was a little bit like that, especially once it got into the third act. I felt like the movie, I really liked this movie, and I'm going to give it a good grade. Um, but I felt like it suffered from maybe trying to do, maybe trying to tell it a few more stories than it really had the the time or the the energy for. And thus, to me, it felt we really, st- I really struggled to get into a groove like momentum wise with this movie, and I felt like the movie was in that same place. Where it's like you go ten or fifteen minutes and you're cruising along and you're getting going, and then it would take us like a detour to go into something else, and then they okay, all right, and then you're building into that a little bit, and so I thought all the parts were fine, but they didn't mesh together the way that Ocean's Eleven let's uh-huh. say, mesh together. And I think it, the movie suffers for that, especially when it gets to the final act. That final act really dragged to me. Once, uh, oh, I yeah. guess spoilers, but like once once the FBI once is Hillary, involved. Hillary Swank's involved. Dude, yeah. Hillary Swank's awful. Stop putting, everybody, everybody please stop putting Hillary Swank in movies. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how she's won Oscars. I don't understand how... I just it, she is such a power down to me. I can't. I, I I just don't even know how to to phrase it anymore. She's she is awful, and she just sucks the life out of every movie that she's in to me. Maybe I'm completely off base, but it just gosh, she kills me. And she's this is like but, up there with with the worst of her. And she's only in it for like ten lines. But man, that it's partly that those scenes are are tough, and 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 you've kind of run out of steam by that point, but. I thought the, the the reveal on the the heist and everything was really, really, really badly needed to be tuned up and really needed somebody to step in and say, "Hey, let's can we rework this? Can we figure out how to make this flow a little bit better?" And that so that's kind of a bummer because that if the in a heist movie if the if you don't feel like the heist really comes together or like uh you know you you've uh you get a big reveal or something mm-hmm. and, and you're just like oh wow if you don't have that oh wow moment then that that kind of diminishes what the heist movie is is able to accomplish yeah it it's crazy here because it's different because everyone kind of knows if you've heard about this story or you know that this is based on a true story you know that they end up doing it right Mm-hmm, so there's no mm-hmm. reveal of do they do they even accomplish the their goal do they even come through with the highest the, to me the reveal is is how they do the highest and every little step that they make how one thing leads to another what i really enjoyed about this is um they thought about everything 
you know, um, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to think to, to, for example, to power down the credit card machine so that more yes. cash yes. would flow into the thing. It's just small things like that, that were really, really clever about this. Um, but I agree with you. I think the beginning of the movie, the setup is poor and the epilogue portion, like you said, I consider it an epilogue rather than a third sure. act. I consider yeah, it kind of was. an ancillary story. Mm-hmm. Um, all that is superfluous. I think there's a yeah. really solid movie in the mm-hmm. middle. The good meat of this is really solid. Um, yeah. What I don't yeah. think is solid is A, the FBI storyline, B, the the family divorcee storyline, the pageant, all that stuff. Don't really care much about that. Um, no. All we really need to know is that um, Channing Tatum's character, the Logans, um, Jimmy, that uh, they're down and out. That's all we really need to know. And they need to pull off a heist because they need money. That's all I care about. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know about the family motivation and all that. So that that's a bummer. And then the stupid Seth MacFarlane, Sebastian yes. Stan stuff like that. I I understand how that has to do with the heist in the end and how they kind of work that in. But there's a like I said, there's good meat in this. So basically, once they start, oh, I guess we can go to spoilers now. So go see the movie. Um fun heist movie come back and join us mm-hmm. on the show mm-hmm. if if you want to go into spoiler talk so spoilers coming up now for um logan lucky logan lucky uh, spoiler talk um so once they actually start with the heist once they actually come up with the idea and it's like okay we're doing this you know code pink or whatever um th- then it's really fun it's really fun for a good a, a solid hour there and then mm-hmm. um it slows down at the end but so once they're actually kind of in the thick of it and they're they're starting to pull things off, then they run into Sebastian Stan and, and uh, McFarlane like in the tunnel. And I'm just like, I, you know, I went back and saw this after a year to kind of refresh my memory and, you know, all that and see what they had changed and all that. And I just remember like, man, that really kills the kills the mm-hmm. movie right there yeah. where, where you yeah. bring those characters back into the fold. And it's just like, man, we were having a really good time without you guys. Um, I didn't need to be reminded of that at all. Like I had forgotten that that was even a part of this because you're so into it when, when they're on the clock, when they're actually doing the heist to bring that into there really was a momentum. It was a momentum yes. killer. Yeah. And I just love the characters of Joe Bang and Adam driver and Channing Tatum. And then the two brothers, Joe Bang's two like pick mm-hmm. brothers were mm-hmm. great. Yeah. I just want those five together doing this heist and maybe, you know, Riley Q, the Riley Q, come, Kyog, coming in and helping out whenever mm-hmm. she does, like she does. She I love really that good. too. Yeah. yeah, but everything else don't need Katie Holmes, don't need mm-hmm. Roy Gosh. from the Office, don't need any of that crap. Um, <laughs> but it 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 all does kind of contribute to them being able to accomplish the heist. But um, I just wanted more of. Yeah, Sur- the, the surely game. you can write that in a way to where those characters aren't necessary. The, the Seth MacFarlane stuff felt like. I got a buddy and I got to get him in this movie. And I, I mean, I like Seth MacFarlane and his, you know, he was fine. It wasn't like he was doing anything necessarily bad, but it was, I just, <laughs> the first sequence when he's in it. And then in the second sequence, I'm like, there is surely a way we could have written this to where that character is just not in the movie. Cause there's, it just wasn't necessary to me. I don't think. Not at all. That's what the ocean series did. So right. Was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. here's our gang. Here's who we're going to be with. Here's who 100%. you should care about. And they name them yeah. and they have numbers and all that, you know, and, and it's, yeah. 
I'm anxious to see what they do with Ocean's Eight. The because uh, mm-hmm. that cast looks very strong. The the all female Ocean's uh-huh. movie, so that could be something really cool. But um, but for the heist stuff, like what I what you go to see this for, I think it's really yeah. really well done, and it, it does have that element, kind of like Ocean's Eleven. It's like man, people could really do this, you know, <laughs> and they did mm-hmm. do this, and it's are people really this stupid and could could we be doing this right now? You know, uh, it does have that element of believability to it, which this yeah. kind of movie has to have that, right? Um, yeah, that that part works really well. It's the 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 full end of then then they just then he just leaves the money and stuff. That really the heist itself works really well. The how the you know everything comes to a head or comes to a conclusion is a little is a head scratcher and i don't understand the <laughs> i don't I really do don't understand i don't i don't know why you leave the money behind but you still take part of it i mean i, I get the idea of like we got you know we, we don't want to take so much that it just draws attention yeah that's why that's exactly why i, I get it but only it, take what you need i guess my my problem with that is that it takes it takes a really long time to get that reveal because you spend Maybe fifteen minutes, maybe longer. I don't know. With the FBI characters and this this idea, it lets you sit with this idea that they walked away without any money. And so I spent fifteen minutes thinking, well, this is a complete waste of time. Then, like, what's what was the point of this whole thing? And then you get through. Oh, we actually did have some money because it was covered by insurance. That's so fine. We're not even going to bother with looking for what I would assume is. I don't know, like a lot of money still. I mean, I know insurance covers it and in the grand scheme of things, it's a small amount of money compared to what they could have taken. But it's still if it's enough money to do what they were doing with it at the end completely, then it that's still a few million dollars. Right. (laughs) So I, I don't know. It's just it was to me, that was just a really that was a really sloppy loose end. That was a. To me, that was like a "Hey, we're gonna end on this now. How do we get to that? I'm not really sure, but we're just gonna we're just gonna kind of stretch it out with this 15 minutes and leave the audience, or at least for me, I kind of checked out during that time period mm-hmm. and was just like, "Well, this is dumb because they didn't take any of the money. So what was what was the point? I I don't know. It, it was I just felt like okay, the, the the concept of we're not going to take it all, we're going to leave most of it behind and just take whatever insurance is going to cover and yada, yada, yada. That's that's fine. That's a reasonable thing to do, but I, the, the execution on it... I don't think he, t- really he didn't take it all. He, I think he left it back for Joe Bang, though, right? But they, they left most of the... The idea under was the they tree. left most of the money under in that truck, in his uh-huh. truck. Uh-huh. That it, most of it got returned. So if they took... Whatever percentage of the money they took for themselves, whatever it was, if it's six bags of tra- trash bags full of money or eight or 10 or 12 or whatever, it has to be minuscule enough to where they're not going to pursue it any further. The FBI is not going to pursue it any further and that Charlotte Motor Speedway is just like, eh, we filed insurance. It's fine. But if it's that small of amount of money, then does it really make that big of a difference to <laughs> the six people that you're cutting in on this thing? Does that make sense? Like it's yeah. just it seems like a lot of effort to go to to walk away with like, well, we each came out with thirty three thousand dollars. You know, yeah, it's just I, I don't know. That go that goes to what I mentioned earlier about the epilogue. Like I don't even need mm-hmm. to know. Like the, the movie could have and should have ended 
after he goes to the daughter's pageant, that whole moment happens, and then he, uh, or he, he gets rid of, he drops the money off, takes the ride to the girl's pageant, and then the pageant happens, and then, you know, family times, and that's the end of the movie. The, you don't really even find out about them stashing the money away until the FBI is involved in that whole mm-hmm. second yeah, act. Yeah, I agree. Or, yeah. Like I said, if that had never been in the movie, I still would have recommended mm-hmm. this movie and said, man, great heist movie. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. He doesn't keep the money in the end, but whatever. He, maybe he wasn't doing it for that. Maybe he just had other motivations, whatever. You leave it ambiguous at that point, right? Um, so I guess they didn't take my advice. I remember saying that in the actual questionnaire that they give out. Also, I said, uh, don't call this movie Logan Lucky. That's a sucky title. Uh, they didn't listen to me, mm-hmm. and nobody yeah. knows what this movie is or what it's about, and I don't think mm-hmm. the unlucky Logans or whatever, they they try to work that in, how their family name is are always cursed or something. Like, I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, that especially with Magic Mike, Logan Lucky, I was like, it's just confusing. You're just confusing people. Yeah. Um, so maybe a better title... Maybe Redneck Ocean's Eleven would have worked better, <laughs> just just to show people what this actually was. I think this is a hard sell mm-hmm. for yeah, um, a lot of audiences, but I think this is one people will discover and really yeah. enjoy. Yeah, this is Man. this is definitely a movie that has a sec a big second life on Netflix or something like that. Like it'll, oh, for it, sure. I think it'll sell way better on that. So in two years, people will be people who are not listening to us now are going to be emailing us or tweeting us or whatever and be like, "Hey, I just found this movie on Netflix. Did you guys, you know?" And, and that's totally what its its second life is. I think. I don't think the screening I saw had the actual opening scene where he's with fixing the car with his daughter and talking about John Denver. I don't think that was in it. Um, mm. What, from what I remember, it starts out with him at the job site, them firing him, and then him driving home listening to John Denver, and that's kind of how they set that seed. So maybe mm-hmm. they felt like, oh, we need to kind of set the story up better. And they sure. added that scene at the beginning. I think that's what mm. happened there. Um, but yeah. there's some fun, funny moments in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. For, first yeah. of all, um, the whole Daniel Craig eating salts with hard boiled <laughs> eggs. Mm-hmm. The whole time is hilarious. Um, or they say, uh, what do they say? His his ex wife like uh, went to Florida or something, and then he's like, "Yeah, oh god, what part?" <laughs> yes, I, I, that yes. killed me. Clear water. Oh yeah, I was dying. <laughs> that like yeah. six second pause with Daniel yeah. Craig's like so what part? Yeah. It's so so gold. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. That might be mm-hmm. one of the funnest scenes of the movie where they're actually coming to tell them they're gonna. They want him for a job, and he's like, "I mm-hmm. am incarcerated." Like that whole back and forth is <laughs> yes. just gold, yeah. just really good dialogue, and very Coen Brothers esque. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and then their chemistry together, Channing Tatum and Adam Driver played off each other perfectly. They're both kind of deadpan delivery. I don't think Adam Driver cracks a smile this entire movie, Gosh. but he's hilarious. You know, he's so funny, man. He's so funny. It's just, it's always amazing to me. I mean, Channing Tatum the same way because. I don't know if you would have said five years before 21 Jump Street, probably if you would have told me, Hey, Brian, in five years, uh, Channing Tatum is going to be one of your favorite actors, right? Me too. Just so, especially co- your favorite comedic actors. I would have been like, you're insane. That's, there's no <laughs> chance of that. There's no chance. And, and then Adam driver, I literally didn't know who he was. I don't know, three years ago. And now I, this is it's one of the funniest. He's so, so versatile and so talented 
he killed me. He killed me in this movie. His delivery on every line was superb in this movie. It was just so funny yeah. and so well done. The character design was great too. When they're actually meeting the brothers of Joe Bang at the like Redneck County Fair, that's greatness too. <laughs> yes. They're like bobbing yeah. for fish. No, they're bobbing for uh, hooves. It looked like yeah, like I think pig so. hooves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're playing um, horseshoes with toilet <laughs> seats. And he's like, I heard you were good with computers. Like, oh, well, I'm great with computers. I know, <laughs> I know all the twitters or something. Yeah. As he say, yeah. Like, I don't know that actor's name, but he was great. I need to. Yeah, look that's into Jack. Him. Jack Quaid is Jack the guy. Quaid. Look out yeah. for this guy. I don't guy. know if he's related to any of the other Quaids. I would assume so because that's a weird name. So, uh, uh, but we'll look that up. Yeah, they, they were great. Both of them were were really good, and you know, very reminiscent. He is the son of Meg Ryan and Dennis Quaid. Very reminiscent of. Is he of really? The, he is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He got uh, acting in his blood. Then he does. He does. But it was yeah. It was funny. I loved that Soderbergh really. I think it would have been very easy to make this movie and try to avoid the comparisons to Ocean's Eleven and instead he just totally went for it. Which is like, mm-hmm. yep, I just I these are my this is my uh Scott Kahn and, and Casey Affleck of this movie basically. And that's we're just gonna redneck them up and it's gonna be fun. And uh and I thought that was really I think that was smart to do because those comparisons were gonna be there no matter what with him making this movie. And so to just kind of go with it, I think was a really smart choice. You, you know, the funniest scene to me in the whole movie, like I, the Clearwater thing killed me too because Daniel Craig's delivery was was so good on that. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dwight Yoakam as the warden, which was great, first yeah. of all, because Dwight Yoakam is a super underrated. He's very very good as He's American treasure. A char- status, yeah, as a character almost. actor like that, yeah, he yeah. really is. He really is. Um, but him. Negotiate as the warden negotiating the with the criminals yeah. with the the Game of Thrones bit killed me. I just thought that was so funny the way that they the way that that was presented and you know and this kind of insane when's a winner was supposed to come out two years ago. <laughs> yes, I, I mean that I'm not, doesn't make any sense. And then him recovering with like I'm pretty sure those fellows were talking about the TV show. <laughs> yeah. just like okay, let's, that let's bit really in, well in the original screening killed. I mean, oh, it was I a sold yeah. out, like, there's maybe 500 people there or something. It was, like, maybe the loudest laughter I've ever heard in a theater. Like, people were losing it on that. That was, that was hilarious. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. so glad that, um, that you agreed. Are you a Thrones watcher? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, okay. I'm all, I'm ready for, uh, season finale this, this upcoming yeah. week. So, yeah. Yep. That was great. Um, the whole, uh, just, him getting himself incarcerated, Adam Driver, and then mm-hmm. them, that's how they break him out of uh, of jail. I thought that was great, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the only kind of question I have in the entire timeline of how they pull this off is how did they time it perfectly when a delivery truck or whatever would be pulling in, Yeah, and they yeah. rig it up with something already underneath there to hold their little thing that he was building in shop to, to carry them out of there. That's mm-hmm. the only kind of thing that I felt very convenient. Like there was a truck already there kind of waiting for them to drive them out of the, of yeah. the prison. Sure. Like, no, I they, agree. They didn't you. really set that up. It's kind of, mm-hmm. kind of trusted yeah. that there would be a truck there. Like, you know, they could have gotten out of there and stood in that, uh, like garage. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, what do we do now? There's no, mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. truck, you know, uh, yeah. they didn't really set that up, but they set most of the, everything else up, you know, with the, uh, the fact that they call the cops on an old lady, you know, on that one road where yes. they know there's going to be cops. I love that. That was um, fun. 
another great bit, maybe top five scenes of the year, is Daniel Craig making the bomb out of the gummy bears and bleach. Oh my gosh, yeah. Incredible. So good, yeah. Physical acting, well-written, <laughs> random, just odd, off-putting. It was it was everything. Yeah. It, well, and then cutting to him drawing the the yeah, <laughs> the chemical formula. the formula on the on the wall was was really funny. And it cuts yeah, in like mid sentence. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. That was, it was very well done. On that That's stuff. an underrated editing bit. It adds oh, comedy yeah. to, to cut yeah. in the middle of a sentence to something else immediately. Uh, I love that. Uh, mm-hmm. That that whole thing was was uh, done really well. So, um, man, overall. There's a lot to like here, but man, yeah, I would say my thoughts probably diminished a little bit on the second screening just because I remembered what a beating Seth MacFarlane was and what a beating, Gosh. believe it or not, Katie Holmes was in this movie. Oh. Um, so without all that, this would have been maybe one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, mm-hmm. This is yeah. definitely some of the most fun I've had in a while watching a movie, but it's... Um, it's not in the top three this year. It might might round out the top five at this point. But um, again, we're we're in the dog days of summer right now. This is this is a, a refreshing kind of movie to watch. A way way back or you know uh, something like that just kind of puts you in, the, in a positive mindset at the end of the summer and, and end on a a fun good note. And um, that's what it did for me. So mm-hmm. I'll see this one again. I'll see it five or yeah, seven yeah, yeah. more times. There's a lot to go back and watch on the little details of, about the heist and um it's got a, a great rewatchability factor. Yeah, I totally agree. I it's I wish it was tighter. I just I need a heist movie, especially one that's going to go in as many directions as this tries to go. I just need it to be a little little tighter, uh, a little bit more, maybe a little better thought out in some of the some of the areas, but more than anything uh, I think we agree like that the whole bit with the FBI is pretty bad. And if we could just, I don't know if I could just cut like three characters out of this, not even the time. Usually my whole bit is like, this needs to be 10 minutes shorter. I know I say that it seems like every week. That's not the case here. It's just the time that we spent on a couple of characters could have been used. I think to, to maybe further the plot or oh, Catherine or, Waterston too. Yeah. No. Get her out of here. Just Stop get her out her of everything. Movies. She's, she's seriously, bad. She's really, she's just, she's so, she's so boring. She's so boring on screen. I don't, yeah. she was fine in like Alien Covenant and yeah. Inherent Vice. I mean, she was fine. She was fine, but man, it's, <laughs> she's just not, I don't know. There's just something about her that's like, I fall, I'm falling asleep whenever she's, whenever she's on my screen. So yeah, remember, if you could just cut remember. three or four characters and spend more time with, I want more time with Driver and Craig and, and Channing Tatum. And Riley Keogh, for that matter, she was really good too. Um, but just, I don't, I don't need, I don't need these diversions from what is a really fun and enjoyable uh, pair of relationships. You know, I was gonna say, remember Carrie Mulligan? Yeah, like, oh I, yeah, I she's, feel like, a lot she like has re- yeah. she's replaced Carrie Mulligan in kind of that spot. Bring back mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. the Great Gatsby didn't work out, Carrie, but you're, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Mumford and Sons is down and out, but we're going to be fine. Just come back to us. Come back. Mm. Um, so yeah, a lot of fun stuff here. Also, Sebastian Stan's bit about 
software and OS and stuff. His that OS, was, that yeah, was hilarious. That was funny. He's yeah. like, my OS is crashing <laughs> as he's crashing the car because he drank champagne before he like <laughs> champagne energy drink. Gosh, yeah, yeah. That he, was strong. He a great that was a douche. funny bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that was maybe the only redeeming part about the uh, the NASCAR like energy drink thing or whatever they were doing. Oh, mm-hmm. Um, so overall, really enjoyed this. And again, I'll watch this multiple times. So you want to hit a grade? Yeah, let's do it. I will go. Give, you go ahead. Go. go ahead. Okay. I'll give this <laughs> a, a minus. Yeah, I'm right with her. I'm right there with you. That's, that's, that's my grade. It's, it's so much fun in the places that, gosh, the characters are so much fun. I would, I would love to spend another two hours just hanging out yeah. with these people because it's a lot of fun and the, and the acting is so strong, uh, from the especially from the four leads. I just need that need to tighten up on that heist a little bit and make that make that last twenty minutes do something for me a little bit that uh, was kind of missing from this. I think, but so I'm, I'm it's sad. Like A minus is a very you know it's a great grade. It's a it's a solid movie. I'm will happily rewatch this when it hits DVD and stuff. And I do have a feeling this, for me, this is going to be the type of movie that will get better with, with uh, further viewings, just because it's going to become familiar and, and just, you're going to, I think you're just going to enjoy the, the fun parts more and not have to pay attention to the stuff that doesn't make as much sense. But an A minus is a little bit of a disappointment in some ways. Cause I really thought I was really hoping this was going to be, you know, one of my five favorite movies of the year or something, but, but still a minus yeah. is fine. And, and it was solid. Yeah, uh, I, man, I would see a movie with just Joe Bang and his two brothers, like even 100%. without Channing Tatum yeah, and Adam Driver. I would see that. You know? yeah. Let's <laughs> go fund me awesome. that right now. Yeah, that's that would be awesome. Um, good times. All right, let's move on and let's hit a quick recommend, Brian. Weekly recommends. So I'm going to recommend a book that I have I've recommended it before, but it was way back in the day of uh, I think our first year of podcasting when it was pretty much just uh, your mom and my mom listening and, and nobody else so there's a we talked about it a little bit a few weeks ago when the trailer for the movie came out but I reread actually I audiobooked and listened to Ready Player One on my uh, on my long vacation drive this last week and uh, it's it remains my uh, it remains my favorite book and so if the movie coming out here, I believe in March of next year, uh, you've got a little bit of time. It's such a good book. It's so much fun, and the characters are really, really well written. And uh, Ernest Klein is the uh, is the author. It's you know it's all geek culture, but I don't think you have to be a total nerd to to appreciate it and get it. Um, and it's also I think it's kind of gotten. From some people, it seems like it's gotten a bad rap of being completely nostalgia-driven, and I don't think that that's necessarily the case. I think that, especially second time through, I think the nostalgia is just kind of the medium through which it's telling its story. And so I don't think it's the main portion of – I don't think it's the main thing. The main setting is just like, oh, let's just be nostalgia about the 80s It's or nostalgic about the 80s. I think – it is a lot more about just that's the setting in which this is taking place, and so here we go. But if you don't know what it is, it's a – I believe the year is 21, 2045, 
Um, and of course, everything is worse than it is now and uh, overpopulation and, and lack of food and all this sort of stuff. And there's a a kid – the main character is a kid who signs into what they call the Oasis, which is like a high-tech VR internet basically where he essentially just lives his life is in uh, in the Oasis and, and through this computer system. And he's on a quest to discover uh, – to basically unlock these um, – gates to get to an easter egg that the creator of the oasis left behind so it's really really fun will wheaton does the audiobook it's a great audiobook and a, and a really easy read so uh like i said i know i've recommended that before in the past but it's been a long time and and it's uh it's on my mind at this point so you definitely want to check that out before the movie comes out in march if you're so inclined comes so out that's in march. my i didn't know that comes out in march into march yep awesome I'm looking forward to that. I need to. Would you suggest uh, uh, the audiobook or the like ebook or just read it normally? Like, what would take me less time or be more enjoyable? It's about 15 hours long on the audiobook. And I think Will Wheaton is a really good reader. If you've never listened to an audiobook with him before, he, uh, he does a lot of the sort of science fiction. Mm-hmm. Nerd, nerdy stuff and uh and he's he's really really good at it and so i i, I really loved the first time around i read it uh on an ebook and i own like a like a physical copy of it but i've not read it in that version so this time around the audiobook and i i liked it a lot i thought it was really uh maybe i mean you can't go wrong either way but i would recommend the audiobook to anybody awesome well i'm going to recommend a documentary this documentary is on HBO. I think it's an HBO documentary, like they produced it. Um, it's called Brillo Box. I don't know if you've seen this. It's uh-huh. about um, Andy Warhol, in a way. Oh, okay. um, so, basically, this family owned one of his pieces, his one of his Brillo Box pieces that he did back in his heyday, and they had inherited it, and so kind of follows them from their inheritance of it to them selling it at auction. And it, it follows the story of not only that, but it just kind of talks about a, what is art? Because a lot of Andy Warhol, um, a lot of what he did straddled the line between, you know, consumerism and advertising Mm -hmm. and art Mm -hmm. and everything. So it, it does a good job talking about that and just kind of the value of art over time and how, you know, something they could, they could, you know, Andy Warhol maybe was giving these away for 10 bucks back in the day, but now they're worth millions and just kind of how art and people's appreciation for art evolves over time and the value and everything. So it's only 40 minutes long. Really, really interesting. I think I caught it, you know, channel surfing, another thing. I wasn't really seeking it out, but started to watch it. It really grabbed my attention. Really, really good stuff. Brillo Box. It's called awesome. Brillo Box, three cents off. I think that's actually even the piece, but uh, that's what the documentary is called as well. Um, so it's on HBO now if you want to uh, watch it in between Ballers and Game of Thrones. <laughs> definitely do that. And uh, it's worth the time, for sure. If you like, uh, awesome. if, you like it's, if you've ever seen Exit Through the Gift Shop or mm-hmm. um, any of those, uh, you know, Tim's Vermeer or any of those art documentaries, it's, very, it's in that vein. So um, really, really enjoyed it. Sweet. Brillo Box. Um, Brian. I believe next week we are talking Detroit, if it's even still out. 
Yeah, we're gonna have to figure that out because that this is today, tomorrow, maybe the last day you're gonna get a good shot to see it. So we'll, we have to figure out what we're gonna do. We might we might audible to like maybe Wind River or something like that. I don't know. We'll something. we'll see what we can figure out. Something. Yeah. But until then, where can we find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at Beagle12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and the Twitter. But Kent, where can we find you? Find me online at Kent Garrison on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all that good stuff, kentgarrison.com. And find us online, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Join our VIP club yes. for extra bonus content. We're going to have uh, some more content coming out there. We just had a Mad About Sports episode. We just had another throwback episode last week on the VIP feed. So you can join the VIP feed on our website for as little as $1 per week for all those bonus episodes. So it's a good investment. If you like our show and you, you came on board for the throwback episodes and things we've done, those are continuing over on that feed. And uh, just come join the eye. Come be a VIP. Yes. Yes, we, we 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 love you over there, and we're having a great time with That's our right. VIPs. It's That's great. Right. It's great to be in the club. It's great. It is. It's cool, and we'll get more shout outs next week. We just had so much news today. We didn't want to add that in too. So and and uh, Richard's not here, so that's yeah. his, he, he it's his turn to do the shout outs. <laughs> so. Okay, until then, until next time, we'll see you at the same. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged <laughs> But I don't know what to do With those tossed salads and scrambled eggs They're calling again Scrambled eggs all over my face They're making me ya ya Silence and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. 